Here we are, part five, in our series entitled, we got to go a little bit louder because now it's being recorded, okay? So our series is called, oh, that's much better, much better. So here we are, part, now we've been studying different individuals in the Old Testament that God just surprised. And remember, we started off with Samuel and how God surprised little Samuel in the temple, and then Hagar and then Abraham, and then last Sunday, Elisha's servant. So this is a very interactive series. We've never done something like this, and we're going to evaluate whether we should do something like this into the future. But this is a a series whereby you are encouraged to participate. And I just want to say a thank you. One gal came to me and she said, Mark, I was shaking in my boots to stand up and actually talk before these many people. And I just want to commend you because I realize, believe me, I do, that the most terrifying thing, number one, always on the chart for anyone to do is speak publicly. So I just want to thank you for your growing. I know it's not easy, but I just, everything that you've shared has been so encouraging. And this is how you grow. You learn to take next steps in your life spiritually. And sometimes that's just giving voice to what God's saying to you. And it encourages everyone. So thank you. So In this series, I'm kind of serving as your tour guide, and it's a very interactive series. There's times that you're going to be encouraged to share around your tables. In just a bit, I'm going to give you a discussion question. You're going to get to know each other. There's times I'm going to encourage you to speak uh, into a whole group so that those that are here can benefit as well as those watching online if you're in a small group right now. And so thank you again for your participation. Totally appreciate it. You've also learned that the table where you're at, okay, you guys have really learned it right here. This is your team, okay, for like the next three Sundays in uh, this series. And also, you've connected with a prayer partner. And if you don't have a prayer partner, that's all right. We'll get you one by the end of our time. Okay, here's the first question. I'd like you to just kind of kick around at your table. Make sure you get to know everyone by your first name there. And this is going to go real quick. So you got like 20 seconds each to share an answer to one of these questions. What are you thankful for? You know, what are you thankful for? Or maybe you're like, you know, I want to share at my table just one challenge I'm facing. I mean, this last week I've got a challenge before me. You just want to share what you're thankful for, what one challenge you're facing. Go for it. you got a couple minutes at your table. Go. Okay, now let's segue into actually seven days ago. Let's go back an entire week. Last Sunday, we studied about how God broke into Elisha's servant's life and reminded him that he is the God that is always present in power. So what I'd like you to do at your tables is just think back to what you've experienced this last week as you were living with last Sunday's thought, and especially the obedience statement you came up with. So were you able to make some progress in your table obedience statement that you wrote out last Sunday? If you weren't here, guess what? You don't have to worry about this one. But if you were here, could you share about that? Or could you also share, hey, I had the opportunity to talk to so-and-so about what I learned last Sunday about the God who is always present in power. And that you could just take a moment and talk about one of those two questions at your table. Go for it. Okay, this morning we're going to go back in time. We're going to see an amazing moment in the Old Testament 
where God just breaks into a young man's life. Remember when you were a young person, does God speak to young people? And we're going to see how God surprises this young man with the fact that, that God actually, part of his nature, part of how he operates is he chooses us for his purposes. Do you remember uh, that strange ritual that used to take place? Especially was it awkward in junior high. Junior high when at recess you would pick teams. Do you remember that? And, and you know, everyone would get in a line, right? And then like two of the most athletic guys or gals would come to the front and they'd start choosing teams. And it's always so awkward, right, when you're like, when am I going to get chosen? You know, and you're just waiting and then, you know, finally, okay, you can get those two or whatever, you know. And it's always, you know what God wants to do this morning? He wants to say, because some of you feel like you've just been overlooked your whole life, and even right now. And we're going to see that the nature of man is to overlook based on certain criteria. But God, God wants you to know, I choose you. It's incredible. And he chooses you first. First Samuel, chapter 16, if you would turn there in your Bibles... Now, this, this passage, is, it's a thousand years before Jesus would even walk the earth. We're going back to the time of David here in Samuel, a thousand B.C. And this passage, is, it's about Samuel, the prophet, and, and God involving Samuel in the process of God choosing David to be the second king of Israel. And this is, this is just precious. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, so God's speaking to Samuel, he says, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Now Saul was selected to be the first, he was the people's choice, king of Israel. God said, you don't want, I'll be king. The people said, no, we want to be like the other nations. We want Saul to be king. And it was found out that Saul did not have the heart. And God warned the people about this. No, we want him. And Saul disobeyed God. And the kingdom was taken from Saul, the first king's uh, position. And yet he's still reigning. The king is still reigning. And, and Samuel, the prophet, is really discouraged. He's at a low point in his life. And God says, how long are you going to mourn over Saul no longer in my eyes being king? And so he says, hey, guess what? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. Now, I'm sure no one ever in your life has ever said, hey, fill your horn with oil and go. But for them, that means you're going to go anoint the next king. I've got the next king chosen. So fill your horn with oil. That's how they anointed back then. And, and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. So Go to Bethlehem. Go from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And here's some pictures of Bethlehem. Many of you have traveled with me to Bethlehem before. Welcome to Bethlehem. This is a picture I took last time, modern-day Bethlehem. Here's the next picture of Bethlehem. Stars and Bucks Cafe. Hey, these are Jews. They know how to make a buck. I was like, this is great. But this you have to picture is a hillside there in Bethlehem. And, you know, picture... 
a few, it's a small village at this point. And, and Samuel is sent here to find the next king that God has chosen. I have chosen one to become a king, one of the sons of Jesse. So Samuel said, well, how can I go? Saul's going to hear about this and he'll kill me. Saul is going crazy at this point. He was fanatic, very jealous. The Lord said, well, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. So Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked him, do you come in peace? Why are they all freaked out? Because Samuel, remember the last thing he did that hit the news everywhere, was that he slayed a king named Ahag with his sword. I mean, cut him up in pieces. And they're like, whoa, this Samuel's like the real deal. And do you come in peace? Do you have a sword under your cloak? You know, he goes, hey, I come in peace, peace uh, to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. They don't know why he's there. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is here, is standing before me. That's got to be the next king. He's the eldest. And, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Whoa. The Lord does not look at the things that man looks at. That, this is God chooses a little bit differently. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? Wow. You know, there's times in your life you're going to be overlooked on the basis of outward appearance because this is what man does. You're going to be rejected. Some of you have felt rejected for a long time. You're not tall enough. You're not old enough. You're not short enough. You're not whatever enough. Smart enough. You're not whatever. Hmm. God looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Wow. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven sons. He's having all the sons pass by. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Is this it? Well, there's, yeah, there's this one. He's the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending the sheep. What he's saying is, yeah, we got a runt, but he's out with the sheep. I mean, you know, just being a shepherd. Wow. Have you felt like that? You're out to pasture. Don't think that God would at all have his eyes on you. Everyone's rejecting you. His own family. Even, even Samuel, the prophet. He's struggling seeing God's choice. Samuel said, well, send for him, and, and we will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy and fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. That's the one. That's the one, the little runt. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And Samuel went on to Ramah. Wow. This moment where God shows up and reveals to David that he's chosen to be the next king of Israel. Incredible. 
Okay. So I wonder if there's someone here that would be willing to do your best shot. This is the one that you most struggle with, summarizing just what this passage is all about. If you were to share this with a child, a, your grandson, granddaughter, how would you retell the story to them? What would you say? Is there someone you'd be just willing to stand up and give your best kind of restatement of just the drama of what we just read? You'd be willing to go for it. Okay, right here. Let's bring a mic. If you have a summary that you like to give, you're not adding new words or taking away. You're just kind of, in your own words, telling the story. Go for it. Samuel was asked by God to go anoint a new king for Israel because Saul had been rejected by him. So he was told to go to the Bethlehem, to the uh, family of Jesse, and anoint one of his sons. And the sons were brought before him, before Samuel, one by one. And they were. God said, no, no that's not the one. Finally, Samuel asked, don't you have any more sons? And they said, well, there's David out watching the sheep. Bring him in, and David was the one God selected, and Samuel anointed him. Yes! That is a summary. I love it. Fantastic. She, if her grandkids were listening to that, they'd go, oh, that's so cool. Give us another summary. I think that was kind of perfect, so I'm going to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's perfect. I mean, you could say, yeah, there was this prophet man, Samuel, and he was so bummed. I mean, he was down, and then all of a sudden the Lord said, guess what? Go, because I've found a new king. And so he goes to Bethlehem, and it's like all these brothers show up, and it's like it's none of it's, I thought that was the one, but then the runs out with the sheep, and he's brought in, and God says, that's the one. It, it, it's just telling it in your own words. That's the summary. That's perfect. It was great. Okay, let's just now, let's move on. Now, this is where you guys just rise to the occasion. You're amazing. I want to know what really hits you from this. I mean, what speaks to you? What's the most significant thing? What jumps off the page to you? What, like, that hit me right between the eyes when I heard this? Please stand up. You've got a moment of great impact that you just heard from this. Please stand right over there. Go for it. Well, I didn't know that it was if you just got that. I got it years ago, so I don't know if it's fair. But um, it's the fact that uh, he went to Bethlehem where Christ was going to be born. And Jesus Christ was no one to be desired, the word says, just a regular Joe. And yet he was a shepherd. And, and he was a message of the true king to come through David. Okay. Okay, I'll just let it go there. <laughs> go for it. God looks at our heart not as, and not at our appearance like okay. people do. That hits me that God looks at our heart. It's not the external appearance. Powerful, yeah. Uh, I, God used the rejected, uh, the, the rejected one that was uh, thought badly by his family uh, he wasn't, uh, high, you know, a big strapping guy like his brothers. He was out, out in the fields. He was left behind. His father didn't think anything of him, not enough mm -hmm. to even bring him in to present him. Wow. And so, but his heart was what the, what the Lord was looking for. Powerful. Awesome. 
So Jesse had seven sons, and um, God saw that no. Uh, well, uh, Samuel saw that no. The first six sons, they're like huge. They're tall, big. They're handsome, good looking. He's like, surely <laughs> these guys must be it. No, he's tall, he's good looking, and handsome. He must be our new king. But God doesn't look at how good he looks at, or how tall he is, or how strong he is. He's looking at the inner side of somebody, Amen. how this person thinks, how he is inside. Mm. So God sees uh, totally different things than we do. Powerful. Awesome. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I don't quite know how to, how, how to say this, but I, I know there's, there's a verse somewhere in the New Testament that, you know, um, God chooses the, the lesser so that he can show his, his power. And he does that over and over and over again. He does mm -hmm. that with no, Moses. Amen. You know, in modern days, we'd, we would say he didn't choose the CEO of the company. Yeah. Um, and then this, this is also a parallel to Jesus Christ. The Jews thought, well, how can this guy be a king? He's, he's not rich. He's not mm -hmm. this. What about his Amen. family? He didn't come from a great family. Um, and so I also see the parallel with, with Fantastic. Jesus. Fantastic. Love it. Love it. You bet. Uh, we need a mic over here. Go ahead. Okay. okay I'm, I'm reminded that, um, the, and I did underline this, the Lord does not look at the things that man looks at. But man looks at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen. And I'm reminded so many times that, and I think all of us probably go through this, we think to ourselves, I'm going to go do this today. And maybe something happens where you can't do it, but um, your intentions were to do something to make, make a change in somebody's life um, in, in, the, in the way that would help somebody but you didn't get that chance. Well, the God, God does look at your heart mm. that you did have the intention to do it. And you couldn't have done it, mm. but that's what he looks at is the heart. Amen. That's great. Fantastic. We'll take two more on this one. Yep. Um, what struck me was God's choices will sometimes surprise you. And wow. it surprised David. It surprised David's family. It surprised everybody. And yeah. yet God knew what he wanted. Love it. That's great. One more. Yeah, I took off that Samuel goes, and he's he's been serving the Lord forever since he was really little, and he's a older adult, but yet he is scared of Saul. Even though he knows God can take care of everything, he's scared of Saul. But God still used him and said, hey, look, I know you're scared, but here's what I want you to do. We still get scared, even though we've been serving the Lord a long time. He'll still use us. That's great. Great insight. All right. So now let's think theologically about this scripture. In other words, what does this passage we just read teach us about God, the character of God, the nature of God. What is revealed from the scripture about God? We learn that God is, and you can fill in the blank. It's, again, a quick statement. We're looking for quick statements. Many of you, please stand up. What does this reveal about God? We'll get a mic to you. I was going to say, you guys were all touching upon this, that God immediately is going to be looking at the inside, at our spirit. He knows our hearts. Um, I was born a runt myself. I was rejected by my biological family. I was rejected by my adopted family, only to be accepted by you guys, by this family. Mm -hmm. God knew that from the beginning, and I'm extremely Amen. happy about that. Amen. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, in relation to Saul and Samuel, if you're not cut out for the job, God will pick someone else who can do the work. Okay. So God has a plan. God has a plan for the succession of the next in that area where there's leadership needed. Yep. 
What else about God? Uh, God could even choose a chipmunk like me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. All right. <laughs> That's great. Um, Pastor Mark, I also love that um, God is uh, such a visionary, right? His, he's thinking about um, the after, yeah. right? So it's the spirits living after, so that's what he's concerned about. He's just yeah. not worried about how you look now. That body's going to be gone. Yeah. God has the big picture in mind. Fantastic. What about God? Um, I love scripture, and so God himself says, your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither are your uh, ways my ways. Yes. God's ways are bigger, they're higher than our ways. You bet. Absolutely. We can trust him. What else here about God do we learn from this scripture? Well, uh, God's will will be fulfilled. God's will will be done. You bet. That's great. Anyone else? What else do you see in the passage about God as you read through it, as you just saw this? Go ahead. Samuel was a man of God, but he didn't even see it coming. So ah. when, God, when, when God has a plan and a purpose, it may even it'll surprise even the people who are closest to him yeah. because it's really his purpose. Okay. Sometimes God's ways are difficult to discern. Sometimes God is mysterious in his ways. His ways are higher than ours. What else about God? Anything about God's nature, the way God works that you see in this scripture? Yeah. I see um, God doesn't compromise on his decisions. Uh, right. He um, doesn't play around. Um, uh, his warning was real to Saul, but he didn't abide by what God was saying, so he made decision not to be, uh, not to have him as a king. Okay. So, uh, in our obedience, we have to be careful. You know, yeah. God is not something to be playing around. With. Okay. Thank you. Great. Anything else on God, the character of God, the nature of God, how God works that you see from the scripture that just rises up? Yeah. God speaks and keeps speaking as we walk. So there's a verse in Isaiah 30 that mm -hmm. says, you will hear the spirit behind you saying, go this way, go that way. So as Samuel is walking, he's listening, but God's character is he keeps coming back and says, eh, not that one. Outstanding. No, go this way. Outstanding. So he continues <clears throat> to lead us. From the beginning to the end, God is leading Samuel. You look through this scripture again and again and again, just like you said. God is speaking. He's confirming. And the Lord wants to do the same in our lives. It's fantastic. That's who he is. That's part of his nature. Yeah. What else about God? I learned that God cares about how we feel when Ooh. we serve him. He cared very much for Samuel in that he was grieving, and he wanted to yes. snap him out of his grief and get him onto his plan. And then he heard him when he expressed that he was fearful and God cared for him. I'm so glad someone pointed that out. Isn't that beautiful that God cares for us when we're grieving? Some of us are grieving right now. It's beautiful to know that about our God. Yes, in the back. God also protected Samuel by letting him know what the plan was. Because um, he picked David well before it was time for him to serve. But it kept... Samuel from having the temptation of thinking maybe he was supposed to be the next king. Yeah. God's timing is perfect. You bet. He protects. What else about God? Well, I think, too, is the um, he picks somebody. Um, the difference right now is the education. You mm -hmm. know, some people might have college education and all this stuff, and where you have somebody who doesn't know much, but he can bring them up yeah. to show his power. All right that he has, yep. and it has necessary has to be that 
you're, you know, brilliant to be able, but he chooses the ones that will give him the power for us to see mm -hmm. that he can do anything that it's possible. Yeah. So God sometimes chooses on the basis of who we will become. Okay, Let, let's kind of segue into this next, which is about, okay, what do we discover about man here? We see all of this that comes to the service about God, but what do we see about man, the nature of man? What, what is revealed here in this scripture that you see about just people and how our nature, how we act? Go ahead and stand it. What do you, what do you see? What do you uh, sense comes out of this? Yep, right here. Please stand. As soon as you've got something, we'll get a mic to you. Uh, I see that um, the men would pick the, the big and strong, mm -hmm. good-looking guy. Just a surface appearance, uh, just what I see is what I get kind of thing. And, uh, you know, that's totally the opposite of what God's looking for. Yep, absolutely. You got it. I was going to say the same thing, but um, I, I feel like because we're so bombarded with so much on the outer beauty of what we look like and what people sh should be, and we don't really look at the heart, but we can't look at the heart unless we give time to get to know the heart. So mm. I think people don't give time to really know someone to discover their heart. It's great. Great. Yeah. Anyone else? An insight about man here. What do we see? Yep, right here in the back. Go for it. I see that as parents, sometimes we underestimate the potential of our own children. Oh, fantastic. You bet. Boy, that's good. Great insight. You got it. Yeah. Um, she kind of took mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the mm -hmm. other thing I would say that I saw um, is sometimes we think we know and we act without waiting to hear from God. Mm. You bet. It's good. I guess with Samuel, even though he felt fear, um, even though we, sh you know, we know that God is there, it's okay to be fearful. And it reminds us that Samuel was no, you know what I mean? Fear is a natural thing, and God yeah. understands that. So yeah. we, you know. Hey, there's times all of us are going to be afraid. We're going to deal with those emotions, and how wonderful that God does sense that. Yeah. Uh, sadly, shallowness runs rampant in our society. Yeah, the shallowness of people, especially when it comes to the physical and not the hearts and making judgments in that regard. I think that's what you're getting at. Yep. Uh, here's what I've learned about that passage. If, uh, if, if uh, man in all his efforts, if God is not in it, it's going to fail. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One more here. I think uh, regarding human nature, the us seeking, having pride and ego and seeking our own goals sometimes not, doesn't match with what God wants. And when that happens to us, if we don't get what we want, we need to really look to him and find out what his plan is. God, you can't use me here, but where can you use me? Yeah. I love it. Okay. I want to turn the corner now and, and get us to begin thinking about how we can apply this, how we can obey it. And there are many applications that come out of this story. and It's going to be fun to hear how your table is going to come up with an obedience statement. So I would like you to work on this. I'm going to give you a few minutes here at your tables. And for you guys to discuss, how is it that your table is going to take this scripture and how can you obey it in a very succinct statement? How can you live this out? What is it that God's saying to you 
this week, you need to obey this in light of this scripture that I've just learned. So take a moment, you can talk about that at your tables, and then we're going to just have a whole bunch of you share your table obedience statements. Go for it. All right, let's have uh, some of you stand, if you would, and just uh, on behalf of your table, share your statement of how you can envision taking what we've just read and actually applying it this week. How can you integrate this into your life, into your family? Uh, What is God calling you to do? Yes, go for it, right here. To focus more on the heart. And, you know, when we see others that are of lower means, we should figure out, well, how would God would have us look into their heart? Wow. To ask the question, Lord, how do you want me to view this person? And, Lord, give me insight into their hearts. Help me not to look the way man does, only at the outside. Because that's not how you look. And I want to live my life in a different way. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah. What else? Be still and listen. Open your heart. Allow the Spirit to lead us. Be thankful for everything, even suffering. Okay, be still. There is nothing that we should value more than our own heart with God. So, Lord, give me a heart after you. Help me to be still and to have that kind of hearts that you would look upon. Whoa. Powerful. There's all sorts of different ways to apply this scripture. You know, when you look at the Bible, there's one interpretation, but there are always many applications. One interpretation. There aren't ten interpretations. It means one thing. But there are multiple applications when it comes to a scripture. Go ahead. Don't be quick to judge others and take time to listen to God to be redirected by him. Wow. We are so quick to judge others. Even Samuel, he's the great prophet of Israel. He was quick to judge. Oh, surely the Lord's anointed is in front of me. Help us, Lord, to not be so quick. Wow, that's great. Go here. Um, So our obedient statement was, don't fear, trust that God has a plan, and that his will will be done. Okay. So you look at it from the standpoint of Samuel, you're freaking out because your hope was in this king. You're freaking out because your hope was in your husband, your wife, your family, that job. You lost it. Don't freak out. Trust that God has a plan. He's going to lead you, just like he did with Samuel. Fantastic application. Love it. We are, I can't see. <laughs> we are going to be aware that God chose us and he will provide for us and take care of us and God's purposes will be accomplished. Wow. We're going to be aware, Lord, that you chose me. You have a plan and that your purposes are going to be accomplished. Because the fact is, If you're a Christian, God has chosen you before the foundation of the world. That's Ephesians chapter 1. Now, in this method I'm teaching you, we don't cross-reference. We stay right in the text. Okay? That's just a guideline that I kind of follow. Some of you are going outside the text, and I'm kind of giving you a little bit. I haven't really introduced that. But we don't want to necessarily cross-reference. The idea is to go deep into the text that we're reading and not tie in other areas. 
I mean, that, that can be just rabbit trails everywhere. But regardless, it's a powerful thing to realize you've been chosen, just like David. Powerful. Who else? Is there someone else that uh, would have a, 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 an application statement? I mean, uh, these are great. And I know there are variations of these, you know. But we can often fail, watch this, to see the God potential in others because we are conditioned to look at externals. You think about that. We miss the God potential in others because we just focus on the externals. God doesn't choose the way man chooses. He doesn't look at externals. He looks at the heart. Wow. Powerful. There's no substitute for a God-pleasing heart because that's what God looks at. Cultivate a God-pleasing heart. Let you and I do that. We may feel like we don't have that much to offer. But that's not how God sees us. We may have been told our whole life, you don't have that much because you're not this, that, or the other. But God doesn't look at those things. He, he, looks, he looks at the heart. And God often chooses the least likely to accomplish his purposes. It's the way God works. Because when God does it that way, who gets all the glory? And God's about him getting the glory, not you, because you're tall enough, smart enough, bright enough, you worked hard enough. No. God uses the least likely. It's all through Scripture. And 1 Corinthians 1.26 is the Scripture you were talking about, how God chooses the weak and the foolish to shame the wise. He confounds the world with his choices. Mm, powerful. Um, let's, let, let's have some of you respond, if you would. And I believe this is going to be a special moment here. How is it that the Lord would have us pray what we've learned this morning for others, for our own life, for others? How can we pray this scripture back to God? How is the Lord speaking to you right now like, I need to pray this way? Would you stand up and, and just encourage us as a group? How should we pray? In light of just what we've heard this morning, how would you word the prayer? Give us a prayer. Well, I would say, Lord, uh, help us, help our leaders in the, the churches, uh, help me as a leader of my home or as my, of my Bible study or of my mission, that I always remember it's about you and not me. And as much as I have been trained and, thought and taught, um, it may be different what you want, and that I'm always so close to you that I, I would never go astray as to thinking I know more than the next guy, but that I know enough because of what you've given us. I pray that for our pastors all the time, that they would teach us and never waver. And so I, I think that uh, it would be a, a case to, to remind us to always humble ourselves. And even if we think we got it right, we need to go before the Lord and make sure we got it right. Amen. Amen. It's great. I think regardless of the 
maybe the situation that we're in, whether it's fearful or whatnot, we need to pray with power that God is, has so much power that no matter how scary the situation is, we pray with power that he will see us through and we trust mm. in his will. Amen. You bet. Uh, right here. You're right there. Go for it. God, help me with my unbelief and help me to trust you more. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, God, please help me to see other people the way you do. And um, please um, give, give me direction. Hmm. It's a hymn. It's a song. And uh, change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Wow. <laughs> That's great. I was ready for you to sing it, Ching. <laughs> it's beautiful. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Make it more like you. You bet. Isn't that? That's got it right there. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, like my teammate over here said, um, let's pray that God, uh, that we can wait on God no matter how long it takes, and that we can trust him no matter how strange his plan may seem to us. Mm, fantastic. We'll take one more here. I would, I Two would more. Two more. I would say that, uh, Lord, open our eyes and our hearts so we can see people the way you see them. Uh, powerful. That's great. Anyone right here? Lord, when you call our name, let us humble ourselves and um, get over our, our, our selfish pride and um, so that we're able to hear you. Amen. Okay. What I'd like you to do now is at your tables, would you just really share, you know, from your heart, who is it that, that you need to talk to about this? Maybe there's someone, you know, that you've been judgmental toward. Maybe you need to, I don't know, I don't know. Is there a, someone you need to talk to and reaffirm them that, that they have an amazing heart and the potential they have is incredible? I don't know what the application might be here for you, but the Holy Spirit has a way when we gather in his name and read his word to impress upon us certain ones that we should go to and share something with that we actually heard today, that the Holy Spirit is like impressing upon you to share. Maybe it's something that was mentioned, maybe it isn't. But this is the opportunity for you to get that out of your heart. And I'd like you to share that at your tables. We're going to take three minutes and just talk about this. Go for it. Okay, let's have a few of you. If you don't mind, let's just like two or three, and I'm going to tell you a very embarrassing story. <laughs> So two or three of you that would just share, okay, this is who I feel led to talk to about this. We would, that would be such an encouragement to all of us to see how God is at work in your life. So please stand, just share with us, someone here, how is the Lord wanting you to apply this to your life? Right over here. Let's go here. Hang on. We need a mic. Randy. Okay. There's several of us that feel that even that we need to hear this, that we need to realize that we can do many things that we don't see ourselves doing. And we actually need to take the story and apply it to our lives and be bold and go out Amen. and do things that are, gold, that are right good for our lives. Right on. Hey, there's times we fail to see the God potential in us because we're just listening to the, what the world has told us. And we're not listening to God. Wow, great point. 
who else has got something that you need to go out and share this with? Then this is what you're going to do. This is what the Lord is speaking to you about. Anyone else got one of those? All right, there's one of us. That's uh, No, just joking. Okay, we got to get a mic here to you. How's the Lord wanting to lead us to apply this? I've sort of already done this. I did it the other night. Um, I had the chance to meet my biological mother, and I had the chance to forgive her for uh, what she did when she was very young with me, and it was extremely powerful. And the Lord not only led me to forgive her, but to let her know that I had Christ in my life, have Christ in my life, and that I was um, hoping that she and I could share that together, and um, that moving forward, hopefully we can have that type of relationship together and share that. So, Wow. Man, that's awesome. You bet. Those kind of life-changing conversations, wow. That's powerful. You know, when I was in high school, I did not know the Lord. So, and I don't know why I'm being led to share this story. It's so embarrassing to be able to say, this is how I used to think. But uh, I was a jock. I mean, I was the guy that was sports, owned by sports, baseball. Wayne and I used to play baseball. I remember Cash Valley High. The, I, there, there was a practice at the beginning of uh, the year. And it was just choosing teams, and everyone was trying out. And I'm standing in line, and this one guy comes up to the bat, you know, and it's just batting practice. They would, coaches want to see how you can hit the ball. And this guy comes up, and I, I totally sized him up. And I turn to this guy next to me, and I go, who is that loser? And this guy, you know, said to me, he goes, that loser is like my best friend. And he got up, and he walked to the end of the line. And that moment... Uh, yeah, it humiliated me, and I went, whoa. It so rocked my world. It showed the ugliness in my life. And this is what happened. I was like, I, then I, I didn't know the Lord, but I was convicted of such ugly judgmentalism that I got to know that guy that I said that comment about. He became my very best friend. And uh, we did life together, and still, even to this day, he doesn't know Christ, but I pray for him. He is my best friend, and I love him dearly. And what is God saying to you about just this easily, I mean, the person that you are just sizing up, that could become your best friend. Let us look the way God looks. Isn't that powerful? Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you how you do change our hearts. Change my heart, oh God. And I think this is bigger than probably what we think it might be. And I'm so grateful for just your people that have uh, spoke their lives and have really encouraged me and challenged me in the things they've shared. And I pray, God, that we could, even this week, we could live out this scripture the way you'd have us to, and that's going to mean different things for each of us because we're all different and at unique places. But I thank you that your Holy Spirit can use a Sunday like this and just kind of really lovingly talk to us like you have. And so i just like you to, I'm going to give you just 20 seconds in your own heart. Would you just talk to God about how you believe the Lord is leading you to walk out of here 
following him in light of this scripture. Just take a moment and talk to the Lord. Just like, Lord, you saw Samuel, you're seeing and hearing our prayers right now. Thank you for that. We love you for it. All God's people said.